Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, full boat this morning, including, uh, among others, uh, Representative State Representative Cherie Tolson-Rice. Good morning. Good morning. It's my birthday, and I brought in sprinkled donuts for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Happy birthday. Fat she hasn't pills. shared them yet. Yeah, she looks pretty good for 22, you know. <laughs> uh, Larry Whalen is on board from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Yeah. Good morning, Gary. Yeah, and from Action Tactical, we got Joe Gilbert. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hey. Um, I'll, I'm pleased to tell you that uh, Tom Strother is with us, uh, Regional Supervisor, Missouri Department of Conservation. Uh, big day today if you're a deer hunter, uh, and uh, let's get some details on that. Tom, welcome. How are you this morning? Well, I'm doing well, Gary. It's good to be on your show again, sir. We love having you. So oh, it's, <coughs> it's, it's, it's such a pleasure of mine to, to be able to, to talk conservation and, and, and visit with, with folks about deer hunting. It's a, it's a great Great time of year. All right, so um, I keep hearing these ads <clears throat> that if you shoot a deer, uh, the fear of deer wasting disease. But I also am under the, of the impression that perhaps Boone County is not a problem. Yeah, in, in years uh, past, I'd say years past, in the last five years, um, at least in Central Missouri, there was one deer that was that was detected positive for chronic wasting disease in uh, Cole County. And over the last five years, we've done a lot of sampling uh, of, of deer in, in many counties that surround Coal and Montauk, including Boone. And fortunately, we haven't uh, detected chronic wasting disease in any of those deer that we've, that we've tested. And so as a result of that, uh, the chronic wasting disease management zone has been removed for some of the central Missouri counties, including Boone. And so uh, because of that, there are some regulations that aren't in effect this year for uh, regarding chronic wasting disease. Uh, in those management zone counties, uh, one of the closest ones would be Gasconade County, as an example. But so hunters who harvest the deer in those chronic wasting disease counties uh, on the opening weekend today and tomorrow will have to bring their deer uh, to a sampling station. But that's not in effect in Boone County because we're not in that management zone this year. So fortunately, knock on wood, we, we were, have, have dodged that bullet, per, per se, about not finding any more chronic wasting disease here in central Missouri. If uh, if somebody wants to get a a license, uh, they can do that online to go hunting. Absolutely, yeah. The, the, being able to get a a firearms deer hunting permit is, gosh, over the years has become very convenient for for hunters. Uh, folks can uh, they can download the Mo Hunting app. It's a free app uh, from the App Store, uh, and in this from that that app. Uh, uh, folks can purchase their permits. Uh, folks can do it from a, the computer from their home. Uh, and there's still the traditional way of going to a vendor, uh, Department of Conservation office, a sporting goods store, uh, Walmart store, something like that. So there's there's many different options, but it's real convenient now with uh, folks can get them on their smartphones or, or just from their computer. Is there a test you have to take? Not not to get the permit. Now, now, folks who were born on or after January 1st of 1967, before they can purchase any kind of a hunting permit, have to show proof of, of passing a hunter education certification course. And so, uh, again, for those folks who are born on or after January 1st, have to attend a, a class in person. Uh, they can do a blended uh, version of that, that, uh, that hunter education course, so they can take a learning session on their own uh, by reading a book, looking at the, uh, the material online, and then attending a skill session to demonstrate 
uh, some some say uh, gun handling skills. We also have another option for folks who are over uh, Missouri residents who are older than 16. Those folks can uh, take the entire course online to be certified. Uh, so th- uh, to answer your question, there is uh, a test required for those folks that uh, were born, uh, I say, in the, after 1967 before they can purchase any kind of a hunting permit. Well, except for Cherie Tolson Rice, I guess either uh, any of us can go out and get that. <laughs> no, we can get that permit without taking that test. Um, uh, well, well, uh, I'm in that same boat with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I'm not telling my age today. It's her birthday. I, I you know. know, Rip Rice. Yeah, I remember visiting you down at the gas station down the you know south part of uh, Boone County one one day trying trying to get the. That gas pump just wouldn't work for us, you know, but we finally got her going. Thank you. I appreciate the help. Tom Struther, yeah, if you just yeah. turned the radio on, is with us. Regional Supervisor, Missouri Department of Conservation, deer hunting season with a rifle starts. Uh, how, what's the bag limit? Yeah, uh, folks can, uh, for each deer that's harvested, everybody has to have a, a permit for each individual deer. Now, the limit uh, is, is one antlered deer during the firearms portion of the deer season. And then there are uh, limits on the number of antlerless deer that can be harvested per county. And so um, in, in some counties, it, that, that limit is, is one antlerless deer. Uh, in some counties, it's two antlerless deer. And so it depends on, on what county that a person hunts in. So it's possible, though, for somebody to harvest several antlerless deer if they harvest them in, in different counties. So um, somebody would have to harvest, uh, could harvest two deer in Boone County and then have to travel to Callaway and, and could harvest uh, two more additional antlerless deer. Uh, but the, the big limit is, is the bucks. That's what most folks are after, is the, the bucks with the, you know, the, the large racks, the large set of antlers. But there's only one antlered deer that can be harvested during the, the uh, deer season. Um, you know, for the animal rights <clears throat> people out there, Tom, uh, saying that uh, you're just you're being cruel, you're mean, you're shooting these poor innocent deer, but there's an advantage to thinning the herd, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. There, there absolutely is. I, you know, Missouri is blessed with with you know a great healthy deer herd, great habitat for deer, and because of that, the deer herd can grow large. And, and again, we do have a healthy deer herd, and with a healthy deer herd. The, the the neat part about it is we've got got a large herd, but there are some some other ben, or uh, other uh, things because of that. One thing, deer damage. You know, deer can get into to, uh, farmers' fields and crops and, and can cause some damage there. Uh, they like to eat a lot of flowers and, and that sort of thing around fo- uh, people's homes, and, and folks don't like that so much. Um, as well as uh, you know, deer vehicle accidents. Now we see a lot of deer that are that are getting struck on the highway this time of the year because it's it's the mating season for the deer, and they're running around and trying to find each other. And, and so there's a lot of those those accidents, as well as a large deer herd could lead to some some disease issues um, uh, so that could decline the the, the deer. Uh, population the deer health so it's always good to manage the deer population to keep it at, at a level that's that's healthy for the deer and that's at the socially acceptable levels for for people again to keep a uh, deer vehicle access down to keep crop damage uh, reports uh, down to a minimum so so harvesting deer is a great management tool to make sure that the deer herd is healthy and not too large and again it's it's, it's a win-win for you know the deer population because it keeps them healthy you know, not so large that, that they, they become a problem amongst themselves, and to keep um, you know the, the levels at, at levels that, that people are are comfortable with. Yeah, I don't mind it's them getting a great, in, great win-win. I don't mind them getting in my flowers, but I hate it when they get in my grill. 
Sheree has a question. <laughs> so I was wondering, I was driving in this morning and saw a dead deer on the side of the road that obviously somebody had hit overnight. So I hate to see all that meat go to waste. If somebody hits a deer, um, how can one get that for the meat or donate that to a local food bank? Or well, what, who do they call or what do they do to, yeah, yeah, so it doesn't have question. to go to waste? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question, Sheree. Uh, but with that, you know, roadkill deer. If somebody wants to to be able to to take that deer, uh, you know, and use it for 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 food purposes, we will certainly allow that. Now, we do have a special permit. Uh, we call it a just a, a disposition form that we provide to the owner uh, or who has that that deer that shows proof that that deer was a a deer that was found on the road or roadkill deer. Uh, that it wasn't poached, uh, and, and so what that is, as long as they have that deer in, the, in their possession, that it's a roadkill. This special disposition form allow them to keep it, and so yeah, we we want that that deer to be used if if possible. Now after it gets mate might get hit two or three or four times, it's probably not. <laughs> oh, no. Tenderized deer sausage. Did you, okay. Did you guys ever? Yeah, did you guys ever see that video of the guy that hit a deer and he thought it was dead and he threw it in the back of his vehicle? <laughs> and it woke up. Yeah. And then he caught it in the phone booth. <laughs> like to kick him to death. I've heard of that story. I heard the same kind of a story with a, with a turkey where somebody had harvested a turkey and thought it was dead and threw it in the trunk and, and the thing came alive and, and pulled the trigger on the shotgun and oh. shot the guy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, now that's some bad luck there, I'm telling well, you. Larry? You had a question. Um, what about uh, the uh, the share of the harvest program? If somebody is, is loves the pursuit of the game but doesn't um, doesn't you know can't use all of the meat that that's produced there, um, how can folks get involved with the share of the harvest uh, efforts? Yeah, Larry, good good question, and that's a great program that that the Department of Conservation uh, helps to manage along with the Conservation Federation and many many partners around the around Missouri and in Central Missouri. Um, but yeah, somebody wants to you know loves to hunt. Uh, maybe you know they they've already harvested a deer and and but and they they don't need really another one for themselves, but they want to help others. Uh, folks can harvest their deer and take it to a a processor who's participating in our Share the Harvest program. And there are several around uh, central Missouri, a couple here in, in Boone County. And and just drop the deer off and say, I wanted to donate this deer to, to Share the Harvest. Now, let me back up and say, once the deer is harvested by the hunter, the hunter still has to, to telecheck that deer and not just permit, just like he normally would any other deer that he harvests. But then he, can, again, can take it to one of these processors who will then process it and donate it uh, most commonly here in central Missouri to the central Missouri food bank that is then distributed to, to needy families and other food banks uh, in and around central Missouri. And, and gosh, again, what another win, win, win for everybody all the way around. I mean, the, the hunters win because they, they still love their sport, help manage the deer herd. Uh, the citizens, um, you know, win because again, they, they, we help manage the deer and the, the food bank it provides a great service to, to our needy folks uh, throughout Missouri, you know, who, who needs some, some meat. So it's a great, great opportunity, great program. Uh, a lot of deer are donated to share the harvest. And uh, you know, again, needy families who, who need the meat, this is a great opportunity for them to, to get some healthy, healthy protein for the families. Tom Strother with us, Regional Supervisor, Missouri Department of Conservation. Hunting season with a rifle starts today. Uh, quick uh, couple of don'ts uh, that you know, you know, like, sh can I shoot from my car? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no. Spotlighting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing. Yeah, no, 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 no shoot from the vehicle, no spotlights, um, you know, um, and, and great, great uh, points. You know, this year, for some reason, we've had a lot of spotlighting complaints and we've apprehended a lot of people that are, that have been trying to, to take deer, you know, at night with their spotlights and, and uh, that's just cheating. That's just not the, the, the fair way to do it for, you know, the deer or, or the other, you know, hunters who, who like to, to pursue their deer the right way. So, yeah, no, no vehicles, uh, not at night, uh, have to have the permit, wear hunter orange, uh, that that's a requirement during the deer season. We want people to be safe. You know, the the orange is not to protect the deer. Of course, it's protect hunters from shooting other hunters. And um, and, and so, yeah, those safety points. Uh, you know, great 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 things to have. Make sure your deer stand is is you know secured to the tree. We we have several deer or tree stand falls that that we experience uh, throughout the the deer season where uh, a stand may have been you know standing up for a year or so before somebody checks it and some of the wood may be rotten and they'll, they'll fall out or we've even had some folks that um, you know get out there early in the morning and and fall asleep and and fall out uh-huh. and uh, so make sure the deer stands secured and wear that that uh, that safety device so uh, if you do happen to slip and fall you don't fall out of the tree and uh, but yeah those are great safety tips all right tom struther by the way i think president trump can actually go out without the uh, the orange vest <laughs> <laughs> does, does orange skin count? As long as it's not with Dick Cheney. All right, and no, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not. And I'm not an ever Trumper. I just, uh, it just his pallor is peculiar. Tom, yeah. thank you for stopping by with us this morning. Well, you're more than more more than welcome, Gary. And glad to visit with you again, my friend. And, and looking forward to meeting, uh, getting in there with you again. Oh, we can't, uh, we can't wait. Thank you. Glad to have you on. Sounds good. All right, you, Gary, um, thank you. You too. All right, I have a a Twitter debate going on with a former state representative, and I don't quite understand his argument. I'll run it past the panel and you on Gary on Guns, 93.90. It is 26 minutes after the hour. Larry Whalen is in from Modern Arms. Over at the Brown Station location. And Cherie Tolson-Rice, state representative. She's on board with us this morning. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, (laughs) Cherie. (laughs) Joe Gilbert from uh, First... uh, Action Tactical. He's on board with us this morning. Good morning, everyone. Got any classes coming up soon? Well, we've got um, a few speaking engagements scheduled, but they're they're out in the future a little bit, and we're still working with homeowners. That's the big thing right now. And we had a home invasion just this past week where the people pretended to be law enforcement. So yeah. if you go to um, actiontac.com or Facebook at ActionTac, you'll see a link to that article. I'll be curious to see how you uh, would recommend responding to that. Somebody Carefully. Comes, yeah, <laughs> because if it really is law enforcement and you come armed to the teeth. Yeah, you know, it's not so much what you do, it's what you don't do. I mean, answering a door with a gun in your hand and it's the police or pointing a gun with a flashlight mounted on it out the window. You know, if you're lucky, they arrest you. If you're not, they shoot you to death. I mean, mm-hmm. most yeah. of the time when we hear noises outside the home, it's more likely to be a law enforcement officer chasing somebody that ran than it is to be a criminal trying to get in. So definitely a lot of don'ts that we have to think about. I had an interesting uh, discussion uh, on uh, Twitter with uh, a, a guy that I, I really respect and I like. I don't agree with him. Uh, we've, we've had a variety of uh, opportunities to debate on the air, and uh, we've done so with vigor. Uh, it's uh, former State Representative Chris Kelly. And I saw his post, he said, and this is, I'm reading the post to you right now. I believe those who wish to decrease firearms death should advocate for gun owner legal responsibility. It's hugely popular. It's effective. 
and there are no Second Amendment ramifications. It is consistent with conservative talking points of individual responsibility. So I made the assumption that he's talking about what happens if uh, my gun is stolen and somebody uses it in a crime. Am I held you know, criminally liable? And so I told him, my response was, if somebody steals your car and kills somebody with that car, should we hold you responsible? His response was, if you leave your Mustang in a high school, a high school parking lot with the keys in it and the doors open. And I said, well, tell me when that's ever happened, that someone was prosecuted under those circumstances. So I'm, uh, and we'll go to the listeners, too. If you've got an idea, if I'm missing something here, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Joe, did that, does this make sense at all? No, it's um, it's just stacking more feel-good stuff on top of things that already exist. We can we can look back just within the past several months and find case after case after case where a homeowner or a firearms owner um, was prosecuted because a child got a hold of a gun and they used it and someone was shot or injured, whatever. So, with you know the tort law, if you're injured, you have a right, you know, for recovery, and and people could sue you for anything. I mean, this stuff already goes on, so. You know, so, we are about as liable as we could be for everything. And we're also, Cherie, not, mm-hmm. are we not criminally liable if we uh, use our firearm the wrong way? Oh, sure. So, I'm, am well, I missing something here, Well, it, it seems to be that, that um, the only victim you can shame is a gun owner who has their gun stolen. You know, if, if, if somebody kicks in my front door, you know, breaks that lock, and then, then breaks into my safe and steals my gun, I'm somehow the dirtbag because my, I allowed my gun to get stolen? That, that makes no sense to me. There's no other victim in America that we can shame like a gun owner. Because oh. you, you certainly can't say that anybody that was raped had any, you can't, you can't mention any, anything that went on, any, any method of dress, anything like that. That's victim shaming. You can't go there. That's, you know, that's not allowed socially. But it's okay to, to victim shame somebody who was a victim of a crime having their gun stolen. Unless it was a fat gun. There you go. <laughs> you know, so Chris is a very smart guy, and he's a former judge. He's an attorney, brilliant uh, legal mind, and he always has a very reasoned argument when I when I've debated him in the past. But I, I I'm not following him here. Everything not, everything here already exists. Yeah, I'm not either. I just wanted to run it past you guys to see if I've missed something. Maybe I'm going down the wrong rabbit hole with him on this. Uh, but I'll keep you apprised on that. Uh, we're going to talk about a rifle raffle. Rifle raffle at yeah. the Brown Station location. Yeah, and another school shooting all coming up on Gary on Guns 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Joe Gilbert on board from Action Tactical. The website is actiontac.com. Actiontac.com. Cherie Tolson-Rice, state uh, representative on board with us this morning, Good a morning. Second Amendment supporter and a small government advocate. God, that's a... That's a Republican I can get behind. Lower taxes, smaller government, less Yay. regulations. Yes. Yay. And then Larry Whalen is on board from Modern Arms. He's brought in... At the uh, Brown Station location. Holy Toledo, you brought in an entire arsenal. Well, just you? a little bag of guns. I, I mean, a little bag of guns. That's all good. I haven't even seen uh, the, the guns yet, but uh, we'll go through those in a uh, short uh, few minutes here. Uh, before I get too far along, Action Tactical, you and I were talking uh, earlier on the air, in fact about what to do, uh, the, the scenario that uh, unfolded here in uh, central Missouri is uh, some bad guys uh, came pounding on the door screaming that they're law enforcement, and uh, it was a home invasion. As, and yeah. as a Second Amendment guy who 
has a gun handy pretty much all the time. Uh, I wonder how do I respond when I hear that when I hear it's the police. I think, well, I don't have to have a firearm with me. It's the police, and if they want in, I'm going to let them in. But if it's not the police and I'm not armed, I'm a victim. How do I respond to something like that? This is um, this is a real tough one, and there's no easy answer because if they if they um, um, are doing a forceful entry and, and enter, um, you may not have time to respond or do anything. And the last thing you want to do is point guns at police. As a matter of fact, it happened in Indiana that, a few years bad. ago. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. bad. And uh, <laughs> you know, a fellow was convicted. They uh, they had a, a legitimate warrant for a duplex. One side of the duplex was a drug dealer. The other side was an innocent guy. They had a warrant for both sides. Well, when they kicked in the door to the innocent side guy, you know, he shot uh, one of the police officers. And luckily, he wasn't shot dead, but he was convicted. So Indiana changed the law that said if someone is entering your home, basic castle doctor stuff, you know, you can defend it even against public servants. So basically, the news went nuts and said Indiana has a kill the police law. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a very tough question. We see the, the police department on the news illustrate what the police officers look like in uniform the problem is if we don't have a way to look out the window if we don't have a ring door camera if we don't have something like this we don't have that that luxury so we you know what do you do it's it's a position i don't want to be in you know have a hardened door that's going to be a little bit more difficult to 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 kick in um retreat to a back room to your bedroom um, somebody on the phone with 911, if you could see the windows out the back, if they're entering one side of the home, they're going to have people stationed on the other side of the home so you don't run off. You'll see police vehicles, you'll see people in the uniforms, and they're really unmistakable. Um, but if you see three or four people wearing black T-shirts that say ATF or FBI, you know, it's probably not the police. Um, you know, a good tip you just gave is to have a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not fond of wireless cameras because I, I just think you become incredibly vulnerable uh, to hackers, but uh, getting a camera would be a really good idea. Yeah, it's the only answer. Usually, when they're out, and I, I mean, maybe it's always when they're out there, the red and blue lights are are flashing, uh, and that that'd be a dead giveaway. Yeah, you'll see when they enter. You're going to see it's not just two or three guys. You know, when they, when they come in, you're going to see this is a, a legitimate police presence, and and barring that, um, it's probably not. You know, they're not going to send two guys in with a shotgun and a rifle to kick a door in to execute a search. So yeah. um, it's something that's uh, it's scary. It's scary for the police officers and deputies that have to do that. And it's scary for the, the homeowners. And it, and it goes to this one mantra um, that we use all the time. It's make space. The more space we can make, the more time we have to make a good decision. So if we can, if we have a hardened door, um, if we can retreat to a bedroom, if we have cameras available where we can actually do a little bit of analysis, um, we're in much better shape. Uh, Larry Whalen over at the Modern Arms Brown Station location is uh, engaging in a rifle having raffle. us a rifle raffle. Yeah, rifle raffle. Even if you don't play, it's fun to say rifle raffle. That's true. We are raising money for the uh, Food Bank of Central and Northeast Missouri, and we're giving away a beautiful LWRC AR-15 equipped with a loophole red dot optic. Um, LWRC is a beyond mil-spec AR. They use um, a, a proprietary ambidextrous lower and upper receiver, um, their own custom handguards. This gun is equipped with a hammer forge spiral fluted 16-inch barrel, and it is just an absolute beautiful specimen. Uh, comes with, with the optic? <clears throat> comes with the optic, comes with four magazines, comes with a soft carry case, $2,200 prize package. <clears throat> Tickets are available for $20 an entry. 
For a $100 donation to the food bank, you receive eight entries. We are limiting it to only 600 entries. So your odds are, are one in 600 if you just buy a single ticket. And uh, we're giving that away um, in three weeks here on December 7th. You're going to draw the, the winner. And, it, you know, I... Rifle raffle. I'm going to feel guilty. Rifle raffle. <clears throat> about pulling my own name out. Even if you don't play, it's fun to say. <laughs> I mean, rifle <laughs> raffle. He's and got you, a pretty tight grip you, on that gun right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab the paper out of there, and I'm going to read my name no matter what, and then I'm going to throw it back into the box of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Good well, thing we've got Facebook cameras in here, and we'll be able to broadcast that. So, uh, so it will be an, an, a fair game. Um, but, yeah, it's a great way to um, have a shot at a wonderful AR-15, uh, like I say, $2,200 prize pack. Tickets are 20 bucks, $100 donation. You get eight entries, and uh, we're going to give it away on December the 7th. So raise some money for the food bank. They can really squeeze a dollar. They do great work over there. Don't they, though? And, they um, you know, we'll be able to um, get them a, if, a big money and um, if you're somebody on, a beautiful gun. If you're on Facebook and you're at uh, Gary on Guns, uh, you can see the AR-15. We're holding it up. Uh, and it is a beautiful rifle, uh, rail across the top. Um, this is just really sweet. I'm rifle gonna raffle. I'm going to enjoy shooting this. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> All right. I'm now, this... if you don't win, we could also sell you one just like that, so that's not a problem. We can. I don't want to help you make money. Well, well I want you to help, you know. me, help me raise money for the food bank at least. Come on. Well, I'll do that. I'll okay. buy some raffles. I appreciate that. All right. That sounds good to me. Uh, bad news out in California, where I would argue, maybe you guys would disagree, but I don't think so, that they have some of the most draconian anti-gun laws mm -hmm. uh, anywhere in the country. Uh, a young kid walked into his high school and started shooting. Uh, at least two are dead. He's dead now. Uh, three are wounded. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I hear a story like that, the first thing I think, the first thing I hope is that they weren't using... An AR-15. Isn't that... Am I, am I like Pavlov's dog? I, I keep... Well, there, there's such a such an anti-gun push with the, the AR-15 and its crosshairs to, um, you know, and, and when you hear of a, a horrible tragedy like this, yeah, I, I, I go there too, Gary. Um, you know, I... Um, you know, I, I, I wish these things... Um, could be could be reduced. And I think there's some things we can put in place to reduce them and and to help eliminate them. But taking away guns from law-abiding citizens doesn't further that cause at all. And um, you know, I'm I was glad that um, the the attempt at fast tracking a bill through the U.S. Senate was quashed by our, our representative in Mississippi. Stood up and said, "No, this is not the time to fast track." getting getting rid of second amendment rights um but the left will use any tragedy to uh to forward their anti-gun agenda for yeah, sure never let a tragedy go to waste i like how they call it assault weapons well what about all the knife you yeah know, we got assault knives assault hammers they get to control the language or they 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 do control the language we allow them to for some reason and the the term assault weapon has has come to uh, be interchangeable with the AR15 and and it's not uh, it's it's a legally defined term it's actually a, a select fire machine gun but um you know that's uh, we've almost almost capitulated the assault rifle term to, to the to the left um because they have a louder voice because they control so much of the media 
Michael wants to know if there's a limit on the tickets you can buy. I don't imagine there is. No, any. well, I'm limiting it to only 600 total tickets will be sold. But, but Mike, you can, you can buy as many as you yeah. want. You can, buy all, you can buy all 600. Yeah, you can buy the rest of them. Uh, or whatever's left. <laughs> what were you going to say, Shereen? Well, I was interesting. I was at a school here in Missouri last weekend, and at every door entrance to the school, um, and this was like a K through 12 public school, it had a sign with... Uh, two pistols it said our staff may be armed and we will use whatever force necessary to protect our students amen beautiful i love love it yeah i wish i'd see more of that i wish we had that at every school i think the school board here in columbia is guilty of making the kids in these schools vulnerable by not allowing and they can do this by state law Teachers who want to conceal carry and who are properly trained conceal carry on campus. I think they're playing Russian roulette with these kids. We'll talk about that briefly in just a few minutes. You're listening to Carry on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle. It is 50, 50 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Larry Whalen on board from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location, having a rifle raffle. Betcha you are for the benefit of the food bank. <laughs> it is amazing to me how far they can stretch a dollar. They can really make your dollars go work hard at the food bank for sure. And, uh, it a is lot worthy. Of uh, how much are the tickets for that rifle? Tickets are only $20 for the rifle raffle. Or for a $100 donation, you can have eight entries. I don't know. How so, you, a couple hundred know. bucks, we'll get you 16 entries. No problem, Gary. Appreciate or you can that. buy oh. all 600, right? Yeah. One person. Well, there's not 600 left. Oh, that's true. The dulcet tones of Cherie Tolson Rice. She is uh, <laughs> on board, state representative. And Joe Gilbert from Action Tactical. And, uh, Joe, uh, before I get back to the school thing, give a little bit of your background so people who are looking to get this advanced training that you guys offer know a little bit about you because, um, you know, in order to teach what you teach, you've got to have a pretty solid background in, uh, and, and be a tactician. Yeah, we, we do, and I'm a little bit different than most because I don't come from a law enforcement background. I come from a civil investigation background. So I spent a decade and a half working surveillance, um, interviewing people, witnesses, and watching you know everything from drug deals to you name it uh, on behalf of... Uh, various insurance companies and trial attorneys and along with that um you know i have always had an interest in firearms mass iub and and other people that i've read their stuff since the 1980s and about five years ago i started really training hard and so i spend about three to four weeks a year training with the nation's best trainers uh, john farnham um, daryl bulky tom givens uh, mass iub every year i spend i spend time with these guys training so the information we bring is not bring to, to our, our our clients it's not from youtube it's not from a forum where everyone's throwing in and and the civil background is a huge advantage because whether you violate a law is is basically black and white you you met the elements and violated the statute by your actions on the civil side they they apportion blame and so yeah you may have been justified in doing this but if you could have done this so you know, you this can cost millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of tens of thousands of dollars for just a family. Um, and like I said, the obvi- af- average cost for a business to defend a a violent attack in a business is approaching two million dollars now. So, so the way that they come in, they're going to send somebody in. If if there's a a, a shooting, 
uh, a violent killer, active killer, rapid mass murder event on your property, they're going to send somebody in like me and they're going to start asking questions. If they refuse to answer, then they'll just uh, subpoena them and they'll... Um, and they will uh, depose them, and they'll get the information. So my specialty is helping these people put programs together, not only from the tactical side, but from the litigation and you know loss mitigation side. So, so I have a really wide range of of experience. But you do more than just uh, commercial. You also will teach a guy like me, right? Uh, tactics that will save my life, right? We we do a lot. Um, I just did a uh, shotgun class with a family. Um, mom and dad and their son, and uh, you know the, the the mom was was so overwhelmed she was almost in tears. They were so thankful. They were just a wonderful family, but you know very low key, private. They're not quote gun people, but they want to be able to protect themselves. So that's a big part of what I do. So I got a choice here. I can either go to Vice President Biden on shotgun defense for my home, <laughs> or or I can go to Action Tactical. I, I think I'm going to go with Action Tactical. I would. Good call. Yeah. Uh, all right, 874-9390, the toll-free number, 800-529-5572. To the phones in just a minute, Connecticut Senator Richard, was I in Vietnam or wasn't I? Blumenthal was making a stump speech for a universal background check bill on the floor of the U.S. Senate this morning. It's not this morning, actually, uh, before. Uh, when word broke of the school shooting in Santa Clarita, California, without missing a beat, he quickly used the news of the unfolding tragedy to try and shame lawmakers into action. Um, how can we turn the other way? How can we refuse to see the shooting in real time? Uh, it's demanding our attention. Uh, he's, he's taking advantage of this, and I think, uh, frankly, he's got to know better. Let me go to the phones here. Let me get John on the line. John, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Yes. Uh, these Democrats uh, really don't know, realize, I guess, that they're the actual cause of all this school uh, violence problem. Uh, and I wanted to comment about the, the signs uh, that you mentioned. Uh, that that wording on those signs sounds perfect. May be armed. Uh, these Democrats don't realize that, I guess, that uh, you don't even have to have any actual guns in the school. Just the deterrent effect of the signs would be, probably be enough to deter any violence. I think so. I, I agree with that. You know, when you have a sign that says gun-free zones, what are people going to do then? You know, they're going to think nobody has a gun. Well, yep. Gary used to be in the security business, and he said, you know, basically the same type of thing with security systems. Yeah, if you've got a um, – um, don't let me – I just want to make sure people understand. Uh, I have a security system, not just a sign. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to know if you step foot in my house, you're going to hear you're going to be deaf for several uh, hours afterwards. Um, but if you have a sign in your yard, we discovered that it was almost as effective as actually having a security system. Just the sign. Because the bad guy is lazy and doesn't want a confrontation. He'd rather go next door where he doesn't have to work as hard. There's no alarm there. Uh, so there's a tip for you. Get an alarm system in your house. There are all kinds of uh, uh, options out there. Uh, but uh, just the sign alone is, is yeah. effective. That's the point I wanted to make. Well made. Thank you, John. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Yeah, uh, so, but but you don't want, uh, the sign would be effective as long as it is indeed possible for the teachers to carry. Right. Maybe there's nobody in the school that wants to. I understand that. And nobody should, and we're not uh, advocating that somebody be compelled to. But as long as it is possible and you put that sign out there, 
then it's Russian roulette for the bad guys, and they're lazy. They don't want to run that risk. And well, and the their case, fear is failure, not... not yes, yeah, in their case, yeah, yes. They're, 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 you know, the, the school shooter's fear is of failure. The, so putting that seed of doubt in their mind that you know they could have armed response from any direction from any of the staff i think it's brilliant and the state statutes already in place the school board just needs to get off of its tail and admit that gun free zones are more dangerous than places where guns are you know and that's been pay- pl- played out time and time again the shooter at the uh, colorado movie theater a couple of years ago uh, he drove past several movie theaters to get to the one where he went in and started shooting people because it was the first movie theater that had a no guns allowed, guns you know, prohibited mm-hmm. sign. All the other ones you could carry. And he drove past all of those to, to get to that movie theater. To go to that, a soft target. Right. That's the way they think. So why wouldn't Columbia and Jeff City and all of these other school systems that are... Uh, prohibiting their teachers why wouldn't they let the teachers who are willing carry the districts that are serious about student safety do yeah i think and there's more than just one uh sheree told us about one yeah mm-hmm. uh but there are others in missouri and i i know this because uh tim oliver uh went down and taught some of these teachers Trained a number of them yeah oh awesome so um really we ought to be getting after the school board to protect our kids and it's the least expensive method. And and uh, just to add one more thing to this, um, the author of More Guns, Less Crime, who's been on this program several times, Dr. John Lott, did a study, and he discovered that there are no accidental shootings in those schools around the country where they allow it. Their insurance rates didn't go up, and there hasn't been a mass shooting in any of those schools. Yeah. I, I, I just don't know how you get around the truth and the facts. Bury your hand, bury your head deep in the sand and say guns are bad. That's what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, The Supreme Court um, handed down a decision that I think is probably one of the worst decisions I've ever heard. Uh, And I think it threatens gun manufacturers everywhere. And and, and, and frankly, I don't think it's, it's, it's the... They're going to successfully litigate and and get money from these gun manufacturers. No, I think there's another tact involved in this, and I'll explain that next on Gary on Guns.